that means it's on all right that's perfect i heard the i heard the, <laughs> I heard the discord uh the discord little boop boop sound so that means that we are on the 28th episode of sports goofs it is i francisco with my good friend andrew i guess we're we're just a we're just a duo today as our, our no more trio is as uh, Charles couldn't make it on this Thursday, our, our, one of our rare Thursday shows here. We try to keep it just to Tuesdays, but uh, what is that line? Like, life moves on you pretty fast from Ferris Bueller. Whatever it is. Uh, uh, apparently, like, it's like the 38th anniversary of that movie or something it's like a, that. It's, 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 a, it's hard to, I mean, it came out before I was born, obviously, so. Right. Anyways, it's it's old. It's an old movie. It's a it's a freaking old movie, but it's still fun to watch. In in the grand, in relation to how old we are, I mean, it's not gone with the wind old or whatever. Okay, Hi, so everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got uh, one very important game today, Game Six of the NBA Finals between the Raptors and the Warriors. That'll happen at nine o'clock. Once one around, we're we're going to be ending the show. And then uh, there's no hockey anymore, that's for sure. And we'll get to that in a little bit. And there's baseball, because baseball always happens, and it's going to happen for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, significant games, actually, for baseball. Let's see who's – well, we've got some games that have already started now since it's 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. But as far as I'm looking, maybe the Mets and the Cardinals, both teams are kind of middling teams trying to – uh, with playoff hopes, but they can't really get things going. That seems to be their their mo this season. Uh, you got the Rockies and the Padres. That's a pretty uh, pretty nice matchup out in the West. The Padres have slipped uh, after having a nice start so far this season. They've got wild card hopes this season because nobody's catching up to the Dodgers at this point. The Braves are have already won today, six to five against the Pirates. And the Minnesota Twins, who are doing really awesome this season, 10-5, to even though they play in a terrible division. So who knows if they're really that good or not. Who knows? Um, and those are uh, just the significant games going on today as far as I'm concerned. As far as Andrew is going to be kind of... And reconnection successful. <laughs> that usually it, it, it re- resends out the... Uh, the stream again so hey everybody hello uh not our fault the internet's fault okay not our fault this time 28th episode blah 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 blah. baseball <laughs> raptors and warriors and um and things like that rays are playing we're all good but let's let's get to the hockey because playoff hockey is officially over in all of the north american leagues that we know of. So uh, we can talk about the big one, but let's start off with the little ones first. So we'll start off with the lowest of them, the ECHL. We have a champion out in uh, Newfoundland. Uh, there you go. That's Andrew. You you played a video for us beforehand. Yes. I I wanted to make sure that I pronounced it correctly. I I pride myself on pronouncing things correctly whenever possible. And I have a very, I very much have an affinity for Canada. Uh, I would love to go to Canada someday. So it is Newfoundland. It's lovely this time of year. Oh, I'm sure. It's certainly nicer than Florida. Uh, now it's just getting hot. Uh, 
it's unbearable at times. Yeah, it's awful. So anyway, the Newfoundland Growlers. It's super hot or it's pouring and thundering outside. Yeah, I I drove back home from Orlando this past week. That's right. You you had your, your conference as well. Yes, I did. Uh, that one I won't cover as much since it has nothing to do with sports unless you consider the adaptive sports sessions they had that I didn't go to. That sounds pretty cool, though. Okay. Um, so I drove through one of those insane rainstorms. It is not fun. <laughs> um, okay, so... So the Newfoundland New- Growlers. Newfoundland. Newfoundland Growlers. Not Newfoundland. Not Newfoundland. Not Newfoundland. It's Newfoundland. Okay. Uh, Newfoundland, or Newfoundland will apparently get you shot. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I don't want that. So Newfoundland okay. Growlers. So the affiliate of I want to say Winnipeg. No, no, no. That would be Manitoba. Do they have a, I mean, there certain there's not every NHL team has an ECHL affiliate. Let's find out, shall we? And uh, actually, I'll look it up on screen. So Newfoundland. They are affiliated <laughs> with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh. Oh, well, the the Leafs actually have something good going on for them. And the Marlies, obviously. The that's AHL true. Team. That's true. And the Marlies actually did go to the playoffs as well. That's true. And were thankfully beaten by the Charlotte Checkers, who we'll be <laughs> talking about as well. So, yeah, the Newfin, Newfin, Newfoundland. Newfoundland Growlers. Newfoundland. Who have a really awesome logo if you see it right there on the screen. It's, it's lovely. Yeah, it was actually... Uh, I think uh, last year was one of the best logos voted by on uh, sportslogos.net. I wouldn't be surprised. That's a really nice logo. Uh, and obviously, it's based on the, uh, the, the actual dog. The breed, the Newfoundland dog, which that is – luckily, they're friendly it, because if they weren't, you would they would just – Yeah, the, the one on the on the logo looks menacing. They are very nice, uh, kind of like the El Paso Chihuahuas. It, it also, it, it kind of, that'd be like, that'd be the dog that'd be next to the Vegas Golden Knights mascot. Because yeah. they look very similar as far as color scheme and, and like the, the black, whatever. It looks very much like uh, they, they wouldn't be out of place with an affiliation with the, with the Golden Knights. Uh, okay, so yeah, they defeated the Toledo Walleye. Walleye, I believe, is a fish. Yeah, it is a fish, but I was looking at you to see if we were pronouncing walleye correctly. And so the Toledo Walleye, that's their logo. Uh, nice, very cheesy-looking minor league logo, as <laughs> as we all love to see. And they, they are named after a fish. Let's go down the, the rabbit hole and actually look at the fish. Why I, not? Uh, let's see what a walleye. So a walleye, also called a yellow pike, is a freshwater persiform fish native to most of Canada and to the northern United States, uh, Toledo, Ohio. So that that makes sense. The walleye is sometimes called the yellow walleye, which is which makes sense for their color scheme to distinguish it from the blue walleye. And it's funny because the Toledo walleye logo is yellow and blue. So I guess you could, I don't know, I think it's mostly yellow. So on, let me go back to Toledo walleye to see what color the fit. It's a yellow walleye. It's yellow, but the color scheme is is uh, yellow and blue, so it makes sense for. It's actually a powder blue too, so a lot of baseball aficionados will like that. Yeah. 
Uh, so they defeated the Toledo Walleye. So that was the Kelly Cup Championship. So that's for the ECHL. So now the AHL, the American Hockey League, was between the Charlotte Checkers and the uh, Chicago Wolves. And, and Charlotte won. So a Carolinian team won. So unfortunately it wasn't the bunch of jerks. But it is their affiliate, the Charlotte right. Checkers. They have the same color scheme. There's their logo. It's a polar bear with the the, the silhouettes of, of Charlotte, which I passed through on my way on my baseball road trip. And, uh, yeah, they defeated the um, the Chicago Wolves. The, the Charlotte Checkers are obviously – oh, wait. I, I forgot to see who is the affiliate of the Walleye, if they even have one. So before we get to that, Toledo Walleye affiliate of the Detroit Red Wings – and the Grand Rapids Griffins. Hmm. Okay. So Charlotte Checkers. And now let's see the Chicago Wolves, which I do not believe they're the Chicago Blackhawks uh, affiliate. I think the Blackhawks are like the Rockford Ice Hogs. But the Wolves are the affiliate of the Vegas Golden Knights. Hmm. And are also affiliated with the Fort Wayne Comets of the ECHL. So that was the... AHL, ECHL, but the big, the big show, the 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 big show was, of course, the Stanley Cup final. And due to copyright reasons, we can't play the song we wanted to. Right. But if we could, we would be playing Gloria right now because <clears throat> a glorious occasion happened last night at around eleven Eastern. The St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup. The first time in franchise history, they defeated and ended the possibility of a Boston area team winning another championship, much to pretty much everybody's delight. Delight. Yeah, except for maybe BU if he ever pops on through here. <laughs> BU, be here. Mr. Canada, but he should be here. Okay. Um, but unless our chat isn't working, which might be a, a thing. That's <laughs> possible. Um, yeah, but it, um, I, I felt very concerned for the blues after their performance in game six So did of I. that and series, just the way that Boston beat them. Not just that, but it was at home. It was in St. Louis and they, they asked that during the post game interview, they said, you know, how did you bounce back? How did you recover? You're, you lost very decently at home in St. Louis. And he, the, I think it was Petrangelo, uh, their captain, right. basically said, we just brushed it off. And it's actually part of the, I guess, the narrative for this finals was that the road teams went 5-2 and two in, this, in this series. If if you look at the uh, at, at the way that it went down, so uh, let's so you see there in in game one, Boston wins, but then game two, St. Louis, boom, road team win game two, and then we get to uh, game three, and Boston wins seven to two, spanking the Blues. Then the Blues salvage. Uh, one game out in St. Louis to make the series tied 2-2. So now it's 2-2 between uh, the road team and the home team. But then St. Louis wins out in Boston in game five. 
Boston wins out in St. Louis, and then St. Louis goes into Boston in Game 7 and utterly just just win. They just won, they won the game. They just took it and won. They won fair and square. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of interesting things that happened in this series. There were a lot of controversial calls during this this whole postseason, honestly. Yeah, I think it all started really. I mean, the, the biggest one was that that power play the Sharks got against the Knights, right? But the the missed hand pass in the Blues uh, Shark series, right? That awful the, um, headshot by um, the 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 Bruins player on on the Canes, and then another headshot by a Blues player on a Bruins player, right? In this series. Um, and there were so many. The the one where Ben Bishop was stunned by a shot. Yeah, that was controversial that as was, well. They whether they should have whistled the play dead or not. This I I hope I don't imagine anything is going to change, but I hope the NHL takes a close look at the rule book because there were so many just totally egregious calls during this whole playoffs it was you know you might get like a a bad call here or there but there were so many in one playoffs it was kind of a confluence of terribleness i guess you could call it (laughs) but this is the blues congratulations to them uh lots of different stats and little factoids for this series um obviously the blues were uh, nobody really expected them to win the cup this season. And this is their first ever after 52 years of existence. Their, their whole existence is just like this wild roller coaster of highs, of highest of highs and lowest of lows. Like they start off their, their history with three straight Stanley Cup finals appearances. Now, mind you, they were in the division with a bunch of other expansion teams so somebody had to go to the cup to face off against one of the original six teams uh but uh they you know they 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 get there and they get swept each and every single time so um and of course their last appearance was in that 1970 series against the boston bruins and you got that bobby Orr's famous goal to finish it off in game four uh, which is a statue outside of um, the TD uh, Garden out in Boston, which you saw recently, right? And and so and then after that, you know, the Blues history goes on. But then by the '80s, the Blues are in such deep turmoil that they almost moved the team to Saskatoon of all places, and up in, in Saskatchewan uh, in 1983. The, the NHL wanted to fold the team if they couldn't sell to because they didn't want to sell to Saskatoon. Uh, uh, if they couldn't find a new owner for the team, they were going to fold them and just disperse the players uh, across the draft from that. Then uh, they only had a handful of employees and they could barely ice a team. They had to get basically all of their players from their minor league system just to get up and field a team in the NHL level. And they didn't even show up for the 1983 draft and they forfeited all their picks. So the Blues farm system was utterly destroyed for one season after that. And then they had a string of 25 straight playoff appearances from from 1980 until 2004. They had 25 straight, just like the Red Wings used to have. 
Uh, of course, they didn't win the cup in any of them. The heck, they didn't even finish. They didn't even make it to the Stanley Cup final in any of those. Mm-hmm. They hadn't even made the Stanley Cup final since their first three seasons. And then they finally make it back. And lo and behold, they're facing off against the Bruins. And um, uh, they, were la- they were dead last in the NHL in January. They were the worst team in the league. And worse than the Ottawa Senators of all teams, like the Blues were down and out. No, you you could not even fathom them doing this. They fired their head coach, and they bring in one of the assistant coaches. To, he takes the interim spot, Craig Berube, and it, it's kind of uh, I don't know if you've heard the stories about him. Um, he's just kind of this normal, chill dude. Mm-hmm. Like he he hasn't even taken. He hasn't taken the parking spot for the head coach, <laughs> and he hasn't even taken the head coach's office. That's really cool. Since he took the job, like he's been with the rest of the assistant coaches since this started. Like he's never considered himself like because of the interim title. He hasn't taken the head coaching position officially, even though probably now they're gonna they name would, him the head coach. They would be crazy if they didn't. They're gonna name him the head coach, give him the the contract and everything, and. And, and, and make it official, and he can finally take the office, finally. Um, so that's a pretty cool thing to see with, with that story um, with, with Craig Berube. There was, uh, I think after they had lost one of their games, he went, I, I think after, I don't know, it was after game one? No, no, because they, Bo- they were in Boston. I think it was after um, their loss in game three, seven to two. Mm-hmm. And he's out, like, um, He's out with the. Uh, uh, he goes out to a St. Louis Cardinals game, mm-hmm. and you know he probably did like a TV spot, whatever, all that, st- all that type of stuff. And people were asking, like, uh, I heard on radio, like, shouldn't he be like planning something? You know, uh, he's in the middle of the Stanley Cup Finals. The, the game's the next day, and, and uh, I think Steve Goldstein was like, um, uh, Panthers broadcaster is like, well, you know, normally in hockey you do your morning skate. Mm-hmm. And your practice in the early morning, like they're probably done by 11 o'clock. So right. he's got the rest of the day to go out and watch the Cardinals if he wants to. And at that point, the coaching, like, at that point, the coaching is like really minuscule things that you're tweaking and stuff and say, hey, don't do that, do that. Because at that point, you're at the Stanley Cup finals and <laughs> I don't know how much more you can do, really. Um, Fine. I mean, then there. I don't know. What was your like? What was the best part of the Blues winning for you? Uh, like out of like, I know you love goaltenders, so like Jordan Bennington. Oh, that was so much fun. Um, yeah, Mikey. I don't know what's going on with Discord. It's kind of funky. Um, so we'll, we'll try to fix it by next time. It might be the connection thing, but now we have a perfect connection, so it might have been that. So maybe it's... Well, what it's doing is it's repeating the messages in the Discord channel on here. Okay. Um, I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, our Discord channel is finally connected to our chat, so... I mean, you can, you can comment on there now and we can still see it. Um, anyways. So, um, to answer your question. Bennington. Bennington, what a beast... What story, by the way. Yeah. He wasn't the starting goaltender Mm-mm. to start the season. 
Um, he he's a rookie. He is technically a rookie. He's twenty five, so he's an old rookie. Um, he's been he was drafted in twenty eleven, I think, if I remember correctly. And then he's just been kind of stuck down in the minors all this time. Yeah. He's and been uh, he's been toiling there in the minors. He the only way he could ever move up or or even get a start is because somebody else got injured, and it happened. And he was just ridiculous, just absolutely ridiculous. And let me let me go back really quick. One, I am a big um, I'm a big underdog fan, as I'm sure a lot of people and you're are. right. 2011, he was drafted 88th overall by the Blues. I'm a big underdog fan. This St. Louis Blues team was in last place in this calendar year. Right. On January 2nd, they were in last place. And here they are. They are hoisting Lord Stanley. They they rattled off 30 victories for the, the rest of the regular season in the calendar year of 2019. 30 victories. That's 60 points. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I don't know if that's finished with finished with 99. So their first uh, was it? So 60 points. So their first what? 39 points? No. Yeah, that's right. That's math. Gosh, I suck at math. Their first 39 points in probably well past the halfway point of the season. So they had less than half a half a season's worth of, of games to get the other 30 wins. 60 points. That's just I don't know if that's a record. Um, I imagine it is, um, uh, but but, it's, but more, more than that, I think this is the first time a team that was at, in last place at one point came back to win the Stanley Cup. I'm assuming. I, I guess at a certain point in the season, I would right. think that's. I don't know how deep. I'm, well, at least, at least but that that's pretty deep. Season. That's yeah, that's pretty deep. At least that deep yeah. in the season. Um, because January second, the regular season ends in April now. Yeah. Yeah. So that means they had to climb from the basement to at minimum eighth place. Um, were they, they, well, they, they finished. They finished third in the Central Division. Right. So that's that's where they finished overall, and they defeated the Blue. Uh, the not the Blues. Friggin' the the Jets. They uh, went through the Jets and the Stars, mm-hmm. then the Sharks, right, and then the Bruins. Um, but. Just everything surrounding this team is just such a feel-good story. I mean, from Layla Anderson, who's this 11-year-old girl, right? Who they they've adopted kind of like a kind of like an unofficial player on the team. She has a very rare right. uh, disease that's very fatal. I, I looked it up. Um, I don't remember the name of it, and if I did, I would un- be be unable to pronounce it in any right amount of time but i think it said 15 people are known to have it and generally the people who have it will die within five years she's 11 so already she's beating the odds right and she got to see the blues win the stanley cup she got to see the blues win the stanley cup and then i mean there's jay bowmeister as a Panthers fan, um, <laughs> he was drafted by the Panthers. He was part of that that core of Panthers players that we thought would get us 
uh, around the 2009 season, I would think. Uh, and just they, they had Nathan Horton, they had uh, David Booth, uh, they had Stephen Weiss, and Jay Bo- Jay Bomeister, Tom- Tomas Vokun in goal. That team missed the playoffs on a tiebreaker that forced the NHL to change their tiebreaker rules. And uh, tell me more about that. I don't remember that one. Well, in the 2009 season, the Panthers were finished tied with the with the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm for uh for the last place in the east uh the eighth seed in the east to make the playoffs and i think i forgot what because now it was based on regulation regulation overtime wins and then points and that stuff but i think the way they calculated the wins was different then i think they just calculated um i think they calculated shootout wins the same or something like that so Montreal won out by a tiebreaker like that, and thus the Panthers missed out in the playoffs um, and extended their playoff drought at that point. Um, and then after that, things kind of fell apart. Well, relatively speaking for the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but they had Jay Bomeister, uh, Tomas Vakun, excellent goaltender. Peter DeBoer, that was his rookie head coach season. And, of course, he's been to two Stanley Cup finals already as a coach. Um but yeah, Bowmeister was a long was a tenured Panther by that point, and he had, he just had enough. Uh, Dale Talon came in, and he asked him point blank, "Do you want to be here?" And he's like, "No, I want to get out. Like I want to leave mm-hmm. because the Panthers are going to rebuild." And he knew it, and they traded him off to to Calgary. Mm-hmm. He goes to the Flames. The Flames never really pan out, and then I think they traded him, I believe, to the Blues, and then I think he stayed. And he's been with the Blues since. Um, I can actually look it up right now. So Jay Bowmeister, and he's got a bunch of E's in his name. Uh, while you while you look him, so there he is. He's from Edmonton. Uh, so with the Blues and then the Flames, uh, career statistics. So let's take a look at this. So yeah, he was with the Flames from '09, which is like I said when it happened, until uh, yeah, he was traded midseason to the Blues, and then he's been with the Blues since. And he spent most of his career with the Blues now. So he's the longest. I, I don't know if he's the longest tenured Blue, but he might be. But he's played over 1,200 games in the NHL. So he was he's the longest tenured player on that roster. Right. So And, of course, you like seeing that, of course, being a Ray Bork fan. Yeah. Um, seeing the, the guy who's been there for so long. He's been in the league since uh, he debuted in 2002 with the Panthers. That was his NHL debut. So he's been in the league for 17 years now, and he finally got his cup. So who knows if he even he, – he might just retire at this point. But he's been an excellent defenseman. And what a way to go out on top, though. Yeah. Um, but let me, let me talk about another story about the Blues. There's a guy named Charles Glenn. He was the Blues National Anthem singer for 19 years, and he has multiple sclerosis, Mm -hmm. and he announced in April that this would be his final season, and that's awesome that he was able to see a Stanley Cup victory from the Blues. Um like I said, there are just so many wonderful stories surrounding this. The the rookie that's been toiling in the minors for 
eight seasons or so. Uh, seven, eight seasons. Mm-hmm. Layla Anderson, Charles Glenn. Um, yeah, but Vladimir Tarasenko, a superstar player, getting his right. Stanley Cup, his first one ever. Um, you have uh, Ryan O'Reilly, been toiling with the the Buffalo Sabers. Was it Pat Maroon? Is that his name? So let me yeah, look at Pat the roster. Maroon. Yeah, he's the hometown boy. He's from St. Louis. That's right. That's right. He is from St. Louis. I remember the the photo or or the video of his son crying after he after he scored that goal against the Stars. Like that is this. If this doesn't become a thirty for thirty, I will be royally pissed off. Or a thirty for thirty mini or whatever. Something like it's, that. It's I, ESPN. It, they don't cover it hockey. It deserves a whole thirty for thirty. There's so many storylines in this team. Uh, it's it's amazing and it's I'm glad that they won. So, even putting aside the fact that they beat the Bruins. So Ryan O'Reilly, he won the Conn Smythe. Some people were debating maybe it should have been Bennington, but re- regardless, O'Reilly still deserved the the award based on his play in the finals itself. No doubt, right? Okay, he scored the opening goal for the for the Blues in four straight games. Four straight games that he scored the opening goal. And he had a six-game point streak. Right. He's the third player to ever do that. And I'm surprised there are even two other players that even did that in the Stanley <laughs> Cup Finals. But hockey's weird. Um, Bennington, uh, 32 saves in Game 7. 32 out of 33. And even then, that last Boston goal was just kind of like a, you know, after with two minutes left in, in the game. Uh, 9-1 save percentage. For, for the finals, uh, 9-11 for the playoffs itself. And he's, I think he's the first rookie goaltender to win all 16 of the games of his of his, his Stanley Cup playoffs debut. He's He's been credited with all 16 wins, okay? Uh, Allen was never their backup, Jake. Well, he was the starter, right. but their backup uh, never... I don't even know if he played. I'm not even sure. I think he may have played. Well, I know he got injured at some point. Bennington did. Yeah, but Bennington's credited with all the wins for the playoffs. So for I imagine playoffs. that he, they had the lead when he left the game, I imagine. But, um, yeah. So I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy that this team won. Um, I will say that it kind of softens the blow a little bit of my Tampa Bay Lightning getting eviscerated in the first round. Uh, I like a good story. I mean, I would have been happy if uh, San Jose won because I really hope that uh, Joe Thornton gets one before he retires. Yeah. Um, But if anyone else had to win it, it would be the St. Louis Blues, and I'm happy they won. Um. But I will say this, though. I feel so bad for Zdeno Chara. What a beast. He, yeah. He, say what you will about the other Bruins players, but Chara is a treasure. He is. And I also, I I have fond feelings for Patrice Bergeron as well. He's a good player. He's a nice player. He does the game right. Screw Marshawn. <laughs> Even though Bergeron should probably shouldn't be voted for all those Selk trophies all the time because he was injured yeah. a ton of this season. He's a finalist for the award. I don't get how that happens. but we're... Okay, but anyways, but he's a great player. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, he, screw Marchand. He, <laughs> he doesn't uh, spear people in the nuts. Seriously. He Marchand. doesn't lick people. He doesn't lick people. He doesn't either. lick people either. 
Um, but Zdeno Chara, hockey players are tough. And I'm sure in the next couple of days, it's tradition that you're going to see this laundry list of injuries that players have. You know, oh, this guy played with broken ribs. Oh, he had a broken finger. Uh, he, I think I've heard like, like sprained ankle. It runs the gauntlet. After, the... yeah, like the Blues will have their celebration this Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we're going to get the the rundown of what these guys were playing with for both sides. Right. <laughs> what and they were covering up for the series. That's the, it's kind of the tradition of the hockey NHL playoffs is you don't release the injury, the injury, the true extent of the injuries until after you exit the playoffs. I think, uh, I think Bergeron in the 2015 final, was it 2015? No, 2013 final when they faced off against the Blackhawks. I think he had like a punctured lung or something like that he was playing with. Like these guys play with things that you should not be out right. there. Your body should not take it. But, you know, like, when you have all that equipment on and the ice and all that stuff and the adrenaline, I guess somehow yeah. those guys find a way. Um, or like, um, I think it was last year, Andre Vasilevsky, the, the lightning goalie, I think he had a pulled groin or something, which when it, in the grand scheme yeah. of injuries to have as a goalie, that is one you don't want. <laughs> exactly. That's the worst one, actually. I don't think any athlete wants to have a pulled groin, but goalie, like if you look at what Bennington did last night, where he went across the crease and made that pad. That save, save is going to be on repeat. For that is the um, that is St. Louis's. Um, it's like uh, remember last year with the Washington Capitals, Brandon right. Holtby, yeah. dove across and stopped the puck with his paddle. Or it, it, um, or Mike Richter from the from the for the Rangers in '94 right. against the um, Devils or whatever. Or Tim Thomas back in 2011. Right. I I get I get nightmares thinking about this moment, but he stopped a puck that would have tied the game between the Lightning and Bruins in I think Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. Alas, he stopped it. They won the game, and they would go on to win the Stanley Cup against. Roberto Luongo, who was someone else I would like the, to see win a Stanley Right, Cup. and the Canucks. And the Canucks. And um, that was the last Game 7, actually, before this one. Oh, really? Yeah, the, we hadn't had a Game 7 until 2011. And um, let's see, the last... And this is the parody of the NHL. So we've had since... Um, um, let's see, since... Who was the last team? I mean, we had the Kings in 2014. Mm-hmm. The Blackhawks in 2015, mm-hmm. 2016. Well, you had the Penguins twice in right. a row, and then but then you've had um, the Capitals and now the Blues. And I mean the NHL. If you look, there haven't been many repeat champions. So it's other than lot. the Blackhawks and the Penguins and and before that the Red Wings. But m- there's been mostly just single championships. Right. And for teams that have never won or haven't won in forever. Um, I think the last repeat was the Red Wings back in 97, 98. Well, no, it was the the Penguins. They won two in a row. Did they? 2016, 2017. They beat the, the, oh, the yeah. Sharks and the Predators. Right. Right. Um, NHL is by far the league with the most parity. There, there is, I mean, in no other league would you imagine that an eighth seed would go ahead and defeat the President's Trophy winner 
or league leader in points in four games. You don't see that happening much in any other league. NHL doesn't matter. Seating goes out the window. The Blues itself are a testament to just freaking get in the playoffs and anything can happen. You know. And they were lucky. They they were on they were they were solar hot. We're we're talking ten uh, hundreds of thousands of degrees Fahrenheit hot. What was it? You said thirty with thirty wins? Thirty wins since since the calendar since, since twenty nineteen started. You have hot streaks going in they always say it's good to go into the playoffs on a hot streak. That is the hottest that of is streaks. Supernova. <laughs> <laughs> that is the streak to end all streaks, you know. Absolutely. Okay. So um and now what the NHL season is over. Uh the NHL draft is actually in a couple of weeks. Actually, yeah, June twenty first through twenty second out in Vancouver. So the question is, who's gonna go first? It's uh, Jack Hughes and then there's another player I think from Finland. A, a lot of he, Imagine this, you're the, and I was reading on, um, was it St. Louis Game Time, which is um, St. Louis Blues SB Nation site, because I got to plug my, my SB Nation peeps out there, uh, if y'all don't know, former, <laughs> for the Panthers. Um, so, uh, just reading their, their summary of this whole season for their Stanley Cup championship article, right? and it's like, Blues fans were thinking about drafting Hughes at the beginning of this calendar year. Like, and now they're celebrating a Stanley Cup championship. Like, man. That would be like, um, I don't know. It's like a team's thinking, oh, we're going to get Zion Williamson at right. the beginning of this year. Who who's the worst team in the NBA this year? Well, the worst. <laughs> well, yeah, my or one of the. Worst. Uh, let's say the New York Knicks. Right, let's say the New York Knicks. <laughs> um, they thought, oh, we're going to get Zion Williamson, no doubt. Yeah. Imagine the Knicks. They're I don't know, ten and ten and thirty, uh, ten and thirty-one at the midpoint. Actually, the Heat actually did this too, <laughs> and they won the. They went forty-one and forty-one. No, actually, more extreme scenario. Let's say the the Knicks were ten and twenty-one. Okay, eleven games under. Like, okay, we're gonna tank and we're gonna get this guy, and then they they rattle off forty victories. They go supernova. Yeah, they rattle off forty victories in the calendar year and make the playoffs, and then sinks, then proceed to defeat the Toronto Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers and defeat the Golden State Warriors in the finals. You know, right. in Game Seven. And then one more thing I'll add. Uh, about Jordan, ben- uh, Jordan Bennington before we move on, because we've talked about this for a while. But, hey, right. this is the culmination of... Of hockey. Of we hockey. had a playoff hockey extravaganza to start this. This is the an abridged version of the end, a bookend. Yeah, a good we, bookend. We, 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 did, we, did, we did the freaking KHL, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we almost did the Swedish Elite League. I don't know. The Finnish Elite League. Heck, uh, we did college hockey. And ECHOHL, and now the big guys, the NHL. Um, there's one stat about Jordan Bennington that just absolutely just blew my mind. Um, he was, goodness, where was it? I had the stat. 
and I lost it. Um, I think Jordan Bennington was he was fourteen two and zero after a loss. That's right. Season. That's right. The Blues never really went on any long losing streaks. They always bounce back. And the two losses were in the playoffs. So yeah. he was I think he was 8 and 0 in the regular season after a loss. And then the two he had two so two two ga- two two game losing streaks. Yeah. In this playoffs. That's that's ridiculous. That's probably why when they lost 7 to 2 after game 3 at home, Craig Berube went to the Cardinals game and was just like, yeah, you know, no big deal. No big deal here. You got to understand 14 and 2. That is absurd. That is absurd. I there's so much historic about this team. I I could go on for a long more time, a lot longer about this, but we have other things to get to. But yeah, so congratulations to the St. Louis go Blues. Go Blues, play Gloria all you want from here on out. Oh, and by the way, again, another shout out to <clears throat> Urinating Tree because he's awesome. Yeah, he posted a video. He posted a congrats video today. That that sums up, if you want to. Blues get history. A, that sums up the Blues history in about five minutes. He he does great congratulations videos. He does great videos in general. I'm waiting for the congratulations video for the Bruins. I don't know if he'll make one. He I, should because it's Boston. Yeah. And we all need to have one extra thing to, yes. to feel good about ourselves. So go see that urinating tree. Maybe he'll find out about us someday. <laughs> but... Yeah, that was a great video. We should reply to his tweets more often. That's true. That'll kind of give you a sense of what uh, what the Blues have gone through over the past fifty two years. Okay. Should we do the NBA? Uh, well, yeah. Let's let's, let's do see. one of our smaller segments here. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna go to Let's Haul, y'all. Uh, that's my <laughs> that's my my look into the National Baseball Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame or the Hockey Hall of Fame. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of Hall of Famers out there, and um, you know these are guys to be revered and to to be worshipped. And so you, there's a lot of them, but we have no idea who the heck they are. So I just picked one. Uh, basically, I went to uh, let's oh, let me get to the search window here so I can post it on the screen. All right, so. I went to the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame because we got basketball on tonight. I thought it would be appropriate for for that. And I looked up Artis Gilmore. And it's funny because he's got a connection to our great state of Florida here. Really? And holy crap, he was born the same day I was born. That's awesome. Literally the same day? (laughs) Yes. Well, he's not as old as me, you know. Not the actual, but the same date. The same date. The same, yeah, the same date. Uh, well, not the date exactly. Well, regardless, I, uh, whatever, same, it's there. The same day. The, the same day. Year. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, Artis Gilmore, uh, he uh, he's from Chipley, Florida. I have no idea where the heck that is, but I'm assuming it's North Florida because... What is uh, it called? Chipley? Chipley. Chip and then Lee. L-E-Y. Uh, Chipley, Florida is 
102 miles northeast of Pensacola. All right. That is northeast of Pensacola. For 102? Are you sure about that? That's very far. Yeah. It's it's um well, it's it's up there in North Florida. I would, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's okay. it's in the Panhandle. Okay, so well, yeah, because he went to high school in Alabama, so he's which is right next to the Panhandle is right under it connects to Alabama. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so uh, he's sixty nine years old, which is very nice. Nice. And uh, he went to college. He first he went to Gardner Webb from sixty seven to sixty nine, and then he transferred to Jacksonville. So Jacksonville University, who are the Dolphins. Yay. Uh, <laughs> so they are the Dolphins, and he actually had a pretty significant NCAA career to start off before we get to his NBA career. So he was drafted in um, uh, by the Chicago Bulls in 1971 and the Kentucky Colonels as well because at that time he had the NBA and the American Basketball Association, the ABA, who were competing. Mm-hmm. Um but prior to that, he went to Jacksonville and he led them to the 1970 Final Four and championship game that year. They lost, unfortunately, or else we would have Jacksonville as a basketball powerhouse. Who knows? Um, so uh, he has an NCAA record 22.7 rebounds per game career average. That is the record. What? 22 rebounds per game. Are you per serious? game. Like... Every sh- that's basically almost every shot he's grabbing it uh, uh, as a defensive rebound and probably some offensive rebounds as well. Like that, the man was he's look he's seven foot two. The man is a freaking li- he's a light pole. He's a just a giant light pole. Okay, he's a sentient light pole. <laughs> All right. So he was drafted by the Bulls and the Colonels. He decided because the NBA and ABA were competing, he probably was getting paid more. With the ABA, he goes off to Kentucky to play for the Colonels. Um, fact, the Colonels were one of the most success, uh, successful ABA franchises, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, they weren't part of the NBA-ABA merger. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Kentucky Colonels were out, and every player that weren't the, I forgot who the four teams were that did go into the NBA. I know it was like, like the San Antonio Spurs were one of them, but... Anyways, uh, I think the Denver Nuggets were another one. The Indiana Pacers were the other one. And I can't remember the other team that used I'm to be ABA right friend. Oh, the, the Nets. The Nets. The New Jersey Nets. Who are the Brooklyn Nets now? They were the New York Nets at that time. Yep. Nuggets, Pacers, Nets, and Spurs. Man, I'm good. Man, I'm good. Okay. You are to the NBA as I am to MLB and possibly NHL. And college football. And call, definitely college football. So, uh, dispersal draft, funny enough, he gets redrafted by the Chicago Bulls. Goes off to Chicago, plays there a bunch of seasons, goes off to San Antonio, ABA team, formerly. Bunch of seasons, one season back to Chicago. Goes to Boston, finishes his career out in Boston. Actually, he finishes his career for, for some team out in Italy. <laughs> he won the ABA championship in 1975. Um, most valuable player in 72, 75 MVP for the playoffs, six-time All-Star, just a bunch of accolades. He never won an NBA championship, unfortunately. And uh, and that's it. And he, uh, he, I think he went back to Jacksonville to become the color analyst for the uh, the team's radio broadcast. 
afterwards. Nice. So, and he has an NBA record, five ninety nine career field goal percentage. Five ninety nine point five nine nine career field goal percentage. So, so fifty nine percent from the field. That's how he's that's he's 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 making most of his shots. That's that's pretty. That's good. an NBA record as well. I don't think even Steph Curry has that average. No, when you shoot a ton like Steph Curry, you're gonna miss a ton. Yeah. No, but this guy, when he shot, more more likely than not, it was going in. That's so, almost, that's basically sixty percent. So that's so Artis Gilmore, man. He's very uh, nice. Uh, he's part of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame, I think, uh, because he went to high school there and um, mm-hmm. in Carver, it says here. And uh, yeah, man, there he is. Very nice, Artis Gilmore. So very nice to to hear about him. Um, I guess we can segue to the NBA from here on out. I don't, I, I don't know. We have three minutes till the halfway point. Do you just want to get our? Yeah, uh, that's right. Um, let's just get it out of the way. I mean, we can. I mean, I still have my my trip that I have to talk about as well. But we can save can that. Can you get it over in three minutes? No, I cannot. We'll save it to the end. All right. So, so let's do our favorite segment. A word from our non-sponsors, people. Um, gosh, I have so many that, especially over the course of my trip, that I I really don't know which one to choose. So if you have one, you can start out, and I can pick one out of my mind. Uh. Once again, I, I don't put much thought into these. Some of them just just stick out to me. Um, ooh, I have a good one. Go ahead. The Hyatt Regency Orlando. It makes sense, especially after your trip. So um, the Family Cafe, uh, which was the conference I went to this past weekend, um, it was being held in the Hyatt Regency Hotel. Uh, which is right off, it's literally steps from the Orange County Convention Center off of I Drive. Um, that is, aside from the fact that it's just a very beautiful hotel, um, uh, the staff there are just so nice. They, it's unbelievable how nice they are. Uh, the, the conference has been there for three years now. It's, it'll be uh, its fourth next year, which is, uh, unheard of for this conference where it would stay at a hotel every, for two years and it would shift somewhere else. You know, they did it a while at the Coronado Springs in Disney. Uh, they did it at a Rosen hotel, I think for a little bit. They just kind of jumped back and forth between hotels and then, they found this one and it seems to have stuck because they're going. I'll forward. tell you this, man. The Hyatt has some pretty good hotels. I said I stayed at the one in Atlanta. That was oof. So I, I just by, you know, just by hearing that, I'm like, yeah, that mm. sounds like a nice place to go to. It is, and like I said, more than just the niceness of the hotel itself. I was fortunate enough that I was able to stay there, thankfully, because I gave two seminars that weekend, so it would have been a real pain in the butt to have to drive from another hotel, go into their parking garage, um, and then, you know, walk to wherever I needed to go. I could just kind of chill out, relax, and then just get dressed, and then just walk down. Which, by the way, I forgot how much it hurts my feet to walk conventions. <laughs> uh, when you're walking in dress shoes, 
for oh no for, oh that sucks for thousands of steps yeah no i, I get you um and i even have i specifically was told oh you're going to be doing a lot of walking you should get these dress shoes that have kind of like memory foam in them yeah they do very little to help very little they're still dress shoes <laughs> they're still dress shoes they in the still end dress shoes um I I had to put my I had to dunk my feet in cold water in the bathtub just to make oh the swelling gosh. go down. Yeah. Um. But getting back to the main point, the people there are just so nice, and um, you know, sometimes you know, I'll be honest, it's sometimes a little bit difficult to interact with people who have various types of disabilities sometimes they can be very angry or not cooperative um you know they can be demanding it's it can be difficult to interact with people with disabilities sometimes um having been around them basically my whole life you know you you know how to work with them but for people that don't have as much experience with them it can be a challenge but they've stepped up to the task every time. Everyone there is so nice. They're so willing to help. Uh, I can't say enough about the, the Hyatt Regency in Orlando. Uh, I don't know. Oh, you pulled it up. Nice. And this is a really, like, I, I, I could go on for Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Holy crap. This is, this is in the middle of the city too, right? At least, what do you f- define middle of the city? I would well, let's see. Knowing Orlando, I consider middle of the city to be downtown Orlando. Right, like it is not okay. So not near arena, no. nothing like that. No, it's it's closer to Universal actually. Okay, so it's on the the southeast side of. Town. Okay, so if you're if you're going to Universal, that's probably you. It's it's a nice place to stay because right. it's pretty nearby. It's it's actually it's part of what what we refer to sort of as the golden triangle. Mm-hmm. There's a plot of land between Disney World, mm-hmm. Universal Studios, mm-hmm. and Sea World. It's just that's kind of anything that's in there is kind of the the high profile, you know, hotels and whatnot because you can get to anywhere any one of them. And nice quickly. rooms too. Look at that. Um, nice rooms and that's actually a a realistic picture yeah not one that that they kind of made up or whatever that's a little bit big that's one of their suites yeah so this Maybe. is their gym I'm it's, sure. a, it's a nice hotel yeah um so it's not in the heart of town it's it's a bit off of town but you can get it's right next to the highway i-4 um, some of the the sub arteries like there's uh, their, the five twenty eight. I'm assuming this is well. This is probably like for a wedding or whatever. But yeah, I'm pretty sure they use this for the conference. Right. These rooms. Um, it has a huge expo hall that takes the entire banquet wow. area. Um, yeah, this is this is massive. It's it got is, a, it's got a walkway across the river here. Sheesh. And there's a walkway. It's it's so close to the Orange County Convention Center. Yeah. Um, wow. I think this is probably that hall you were talking about because this you got three screens here. Dear Lord, this is massive. Mm-hmm. 
I highly recommend if you it is a bit pricey I'll fully admit I was lucky they do kind of a a lottery to uh, for people to stay there I was lucky enough that we were able to go there although even then they have discounted rates for the family cafe but it is a fairly expensive hotel but if you have the money and you're in Orlando go there it is a lovely hotel the people are even lovelier um it is a fantastic place i can't recommend it highly enough uh so hyatt regency orlando is my non-sponsor of the week and promo code lovely people isn't lovely that people isn't that people. a isn't that a song no, that's shiny happy people. No, that's a song. That's a song. Never mind. Um, oh. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think so, it's called Happy People. It was in Donkey Konga too. <laughs> that's so, the only reason I know that. So actually, it's lovely hotel, lovelier people. That's my promo code. Okay. So I think hopefully that gave you enough time to come <laughs> up with something. I I actually I, I think I I got a wild card for mine actually Ooh. because I was thinking like okay so I had my trip and I'll talk about it later but. Uh, because it will probably take the time that Charles normally uses his 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 wrestling um, right. news. So, um, you know, I, I was thinking, okay, it could be a hotel because I stayed at four um, nice hotels, especially the one in Tampa, the Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Very nice hotel. Wish me and Doug had stayed there for the bar. I saw the the hotel we stayed at actually for mm. the bar. I actually text I texted him a picture of it, <laughs> and he's like he's like oh sweet memories. Didn't of... you guys go to like a pollo after the bar? We went no. Well, that was a pollo tropical in I, I don't know where in in um in West Florida, uh, along uh, between Tampa and and Naples. I forgot where, but uh, I know that pollo tropical was Doug's most favorite <laughs> part of the whole trip. Really. He couldn't stop talking about it. He's like, "This is they actually cooked the chicken here." I, I remember <laughs> we went to a, a Marlins game just after you took the bar, and that was all he could talk about was that pollo. And I didn't eat at the pollo tropical because <laughs> I got a pub sub. Um, um, just if anyone here is in Florida, pub all pub subs are now six dollars whole pub subs yeah. this week. Yeah. I, I am investing in a chicken tender sub tomorrow. I actually follow on Twitter the um, our Publix chicken tenders so do I. subs on sale this week <laughs> <laughs> accounts. And that's all they do. But they actually announced that, hey, every single sub is, is on sale. It's a beautiful thing. Um, or actually, even somewhere in the southeast. Um, it's not just Florida anymore. But pub yeah. subs, man, they're the greatest thing. So... Um, yeah, Sorry, the, that's a side. That's a side. That was a side one, but the Barrymore Hotel was really nice. Um, but my wild card is not a hotel. It's actually a food. It's it's Munchies. Okay, I don't know if you've heard of it. Munchies four twenty. No, not that Munchies. No, no. So we drove the whole trip. Me and my dad. It's a road right. trip, all right? From from uh, from West Palm Beach was our starting point. To Tampa, to Atlanta, to um, to DC, to Pennsylvania. We actually went to Pennsylvania. You went to Pennsylvania. Yeah, we too? went to Amish country to see my aunt. I, why didn't you guys go to a Phillies or Pirates? Because the Phillies weren't there, and or Pirates? Pittsburgh was way too far. Oh. Um. So, 
and then we uh, stopped in Richmond, Virginia for one night, and then we made it all the way back to West Palm Beach. In one night? Not in one night. No, we, no, we stayed in one night in Richmond, and then from that morning, from but Richmond to, to West Palm. You made it from Richmond to West Palm in yeah, one day? Straight out, straight, yeah, straight from 95, 12 hours. Hopefully you guys swapped seats at some point. Yes, we did. We we, we took a lot of rest stops. We we ate and all that stuff. Good. And and that's why this wild card came to me. I was like, whoa. And it's munchies. Um, I guess they call them chips, but uh, it's. Oh, and if anyone doesn't know what I was talking about when I said munchies 420, there's a place over in Sarasota um, where they make these absolutely artery-clogging sandwiches. Um, it was featured on Man vs. Food. Yeah. Um, look it up. It's I've never been there. I have dreams of going there. Um, mm-hmm. But I I go there in case I don't know. I I go. I would say go there at your own risk. <laughs> Some of the stuff is ridiculous. So I've never heard of Munchies. Okay, so Munchies is a brand uh, from American company Frito Lay's. I got the Wikipedia up here, but uh, it's a it's a snack mix chip. Or, 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 or product. So the one that we got and the one that you can find at your local convenience stores and gas stations and supermarkets, uh, we got the cheese fix, the classic one. Okay, it's a mix of nacho cheese Doritos, Cheetos, Harvest Cheddar Sun Chips, and Roll Gold Pretzels all into one. Okay, uh, and it's labeled, formerly labeled classic, and it's labeled original in Canada. So that's the version that we got. We didn't. I didn't even know they have other versions here. They got the flaming hot, which is really destructive to my innards. <laughs> I mean, look at this: flaming hot Cheetos, uh, salsa flavored Doritos. Dear Lord, a Baja Picante, uh, flavored Sun Chips. I didn't even know they made that variety. And and rolled gold pretzels, because I don't know how you make a pretzel really hot. So I guess they couldn't figure it out either. Actually, every single one of these has rolled gold pretzels with no change to them whatsoever. Uh, they have a barbecue version, which is only Canadian. They have a reduced fat version, which is also only Canadian because I guess Americans don't want to lose weight. And they have a kids mix. Canadians, so the, the reason it's my wild card is because my dad found it. So we actually had a cooler and we bought a bunch of snacks for the road. All right. Mm-hmm. So the cooler was filled with our, our drinks, our sodas, our waters and all that stuff. And, of course, my, my Perrier's. Um, I couldn't buy Topo Chico because I didn't have a bottle opener. Um, um, and so... Just, just use your shirt. That's, that's, that's... Uh, I wasn't going to make my hand bleed during the trip. Um, so uh, my dad found the munchies, and you, we opened it up, and we were like... My dad's like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> like, he loved it. And he, he loved it so much, and I think he loved it more is because he found it and he picked it out. So that was... That was what we got. And so every time we stopped at, uh, we especially stopped at Wawa. Wow. I almost picked Wawa because I love Wawa now. I love Wawa. Um, but Orlando was the, the, the entry point of the Wawa invasion in Florida. Right. I think there's two in Miami-Dade County right now. So I'm hoping there will be more. Um, and they, there's a few further north. I think there's a couple in Broward and a couple in Palm Beach. Yeah, there's no, there's especially one in West Palm Beach because it's pretty darn close to my house over there, my parents' house and my sister's there's house. There's actually a Wawa near my house oh, down here. Oh, dear Lord. Okay. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so the munchies were a godsend. Uh, 
Uh, my dad, we went to, we stopped at a Walmart when we were, I think we were, um, we were heading out from Atlanta, from Atlanta to, to DC. Mm-hmm. And we went to a Walmart around somewhere around there in Georgia. And my dad's like looking around, like, I can't find the chips. <laughs> Where are the munchies? We're looking around. It sounds like my dad's a stoner, but he's not. <laughs> when I say that, um, and we're looking around. I'm like, I found him, Dad. He's like, oh, thank God. Okay, we can go now. <laughs> like, that's specifically everything we look for. We stopped at a Sheets uh, somewhere in Virginia as well. Sheets is kind of like another a competitor to Wawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the high-end uh, gas station slash convenience stores that are out there right now. Um, and they also had the Munchies. So, um so yeah, Munchies. Uh, thank you so much for feeding us throughout our trip. Munchies, the, um, Munchies, the official sponsor of the Aporta road trip. Right, um, and not very good on my waistline, but <laughs> but gosh darn it, really good. So um, uh, promo code is uh, my dad's not a stoner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, heading back now. So we've got other topics there's nba stuff but that's that's normie talk yeah this is our this is a show for not not for normies according to my podcast oh yeah that's another announcement i wanted to make so we are uh, officially uh part of apple podcasts formerly well what's going to be formerly itunes rest in peace so you can find us and i have i to put it on the um the bottom portion of our screen there but you can find us on apple podcasts just go on the podcast app on your iphone or ipad and i think on your itunes app on um on your computer and just search for sports goofs and we're there and uh once we're done with this episode uh we'll uh upload it and we'll have the newest episode you can listen to us on the go if you're not already listening to us right now um and if you are an android user uh you're not you're not out of luck because we do have a SoundCloud account. Just search for Sports Goofs again or put in soundcloud.com slash sports goofs and you'll be listening to the same stuff that people on Apple will be listening to. So uh, you're not down and out. Okay, we don't charge a thousand dollars for a stand like Apple does. I don't <laughs> no, know if you no, saw no, no. that. Nine ninety nine. Nine hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents we do not charge for a stand. I don't know if you saw that photo of the guy. Um, he had like a Mac Pro, but instead of he didn't buy the stand, he was using like a coat hanger or something. <laughs> and it actually worked. <laughs> and so was, I guess people were were like commenting on like Twitter and stuff, or on Reddit. It was on Reddit I saw, and they're like, "Wait a minute! The narrative here isn't that he's using a coat hanger for uh, or or uh, for a um, for a stand for his Mac Pro. It's the fact that he went to it into a cafe." With a giant Mac Pro, and nobody questioned him about that. <laughs> like that's really the the crime here. Um, all right, so uh, I, want- I want to talk about baseball. To be honest, actually, no. Let's talk about college sports because interesting stuff is happening there. Yes. Shall we start with the the fun uh, stuff? Uh, let's start with college baseball. Let's do it because I'm kind of in a baseball mood right now. Because basketball is going to happen, and people, and hopefully the Raptors win today. But yeah. we'll mention that later. And um, I don't. I mean, I have some stuff to say, but not too much about the Raptors. All right, so slash Warriors. We're going to college baseball, folks. We are in the the end game, as it were, of the college the Division One college baseball season. 
we are at the College World Series. The College World Series, for anyone who doesn't know, is the culmination of the, well, the Division I NCAA baseball season. It's the end of what began as a 64-team tournament uh, at the beginning of this month, and now we're down to the final eight. The eight of whom are Arkansas, and there are two brackets of four teams. We've got in bracket one, Arkansas, Florida State, Michigan, and Texas Tech. And then over in bracket two, we've got Auburn, Louisville, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt. Now, just a little backstory on some of these teams. I'll take a couple of seconds. Arkansas, this is their this is their ninth College World Series appearance. Um, they actually made it to the final last year, um, and that was a brutal ending. Uh, just to, so how the final how the College World Series goes. It begins with a round robin tournament where if you if you lose two games you're eliminated and then the top team out of that bracket will take will face the top team out of the other bracket where it's the best two out of three. Um, Arkansas and Oregon State were the finalists. Arkansas had won game one, and they were a, a they were an out away from winning it. Do you remember this? Um, I, I know I was no, but I've heard of it because my my brother-in-law's from Arkansas and his oh. his family cheers for the Razorbacks. Gotcha. So they were out away. The guy, this guy, an Oregon State player, hits a lazy pop-up, and somehow three Arkansas players missed it. It fell right in between them like a laser-guided missile. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of pitches later, there was a runner on third, and the score was three to two. Oregon State hits gets the tying run. They would go on to win the game five to three, and then they would proceed to win the next game the day later. So Arkansas was inches away from winning. Instead, is on the opposite end of it the next night. That is terrible luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, um, next up is your Florida State Seminole. Yes. Uh, the, very significant for us because it's the final season for Mike Martin, our, our longtime manager. He is both the best and the worst college baseball manager of all time. Depending on how you look at it, right? Uh, once they've, again, they've—he's been coaching them for forty years, right? He has won forty games in every one of his forty seasons, right? He's been to—I can't even keep track of how many tournaments, and then pretty this, much every season. I think every season. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the twenty-second time that they've been to the College World Series, right? They have never won the College World Series. 22nd time's the charm, baby. And they've made it to the finals three times. 1970, um, 1986, and 1999. So two of those times were under Mike Martin. It started in 1980. And it's been a while. So it's been 20 years since you've been to the college, uh, since you've been to the final, to the final of the College World right, Series. Right, the final series. Um, yeah, this is, uh, 
huge. We're hoping, uh, especially my my um, well, my sister, because uh, funny enough, uh, my sister went to Florida State, as as did I, mm-hmm. um, and my brother in law went to Mississippi State, and there is a there. I think there is is a scenario where they could meet in the final series. Well, they're in different brackets. Yeah, so there is a scenario that possibly Florida State could finish off against Mississippi State. And I would assume that my brother-in-law and my sister might take some days off and have a visit to Omaha, Nebraska, (laughs) and tell me how that is. Oh, and that's the other thing. Um, Prior to this point, uh, all the games were played at schools or different or other locations. Um, I think the one exception was Oklahoma State. They're based out of Stillwater. Um, but they play their regional games out in Oklahoma City, which is like an hour or two away from Stillwater. I guess just to have the bigger venue. Right. Um, yeah, so all the games are held at the, what is it called now? The TD Ameritrade Park. Yeah, it's in the, Omaha. Yeah, like a freaking new stadium and everything that they built. It used to be Johnny Rosenblatt Stadium for ever ever <laughs> since the 50s and then they changed probably like 10 years ago maybe i don't know if it was so. 10 years ago but i think within this decade right um that was it was a it was getting old but the sunsets you got at that facility were second to none um i had never been there but you see the pictures and they were iconic the new stadium is basically a minor league park on steroids right now I think they do host a minor league team. Maybe. I would assume so, but I don't think they use the entire capacity because it's because most minor league stadiums probably seat about I would say between 5 to at the higher end probably like 12,000 people. You know, I take that and back. And this one I take that back. Yeah. They only have one tenant right now. Okay. And it's the Clayton the Creighton Blue Jays. It's a college the, team. Okay, yeah. So, the, so okay, so they don't host a team there. Uh but they um but I, th- I think the what's the capacity like twenty thousand or something like that? It's a it's twenty four thousand okay. five hundred five, which is can expand to thirty five thousand, which is massive for a for a minor league baseball team. Right. So even if they did host one, uh, they wouldn't be taking up twenty five thousand no, seats. Not at all. And I'm assuming Crichton or Creighton or Creighton Creighton uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't be using every single one of the seats there. I'm sure they play at a reduced capacity. Uh, anyways, uh, so. Omaha, so that's yeah, Florida State, Arkansas, Mississippi State, uh, Vanderbilt was when it opened. Yeah, yeah, Va- Vanderbilt, um, which uh, I actually did want to mention one of their players because he had a 19 strikeout no hitter against Michigan during the tournament. Uh, Kumar Rocker, which is a great baseball name, a great baseball last name. Okay, Rocker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gosh, that's that is a that is was a, it against Michigan? Yeah, it was against Michigan. How are they still in the? No, 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 not. It was during the tournament, during the run up to the College World Series. But how did if? Wait, wait, wait. Whatever. <laughs> well, anyways, he he had a 19 strikeout no hitter, mm-hmm. which is insane. That's he he was uh was it? Um, he was eight batters away from having a perfect game, consisting of all strikeouts. Right, which is crazy for any level of baseball. Little league, mm. <laughs> little league players. That would be insane. That would be on ESPN if it was a little league player or something. So, 
No, it was um, against Duke, I think. Oh, well, oh, even better. Screw Duke. <laughs> the, the the one in the, the Super Regional? Yeah. Yeah, that was against Duke. Okay, so even better against Duke. <laughs> Screw Duke. Although, that was a... That was a crazy super regional. Also, and by the way, Michigan for hiring uh, Juwan Howard. I don't know if you saw that. I did. Former Heat assistant coach. I don't know if you saw his press conference. He was very emotional. He cried. He used, he he used cr- to play. He was part of the Fab the Five. The Fab Five, yeah. At Michigan back in the early 90s. Yeah, the Fab Five. Notorious for, I forget which player did the the timeout, even though the team. Chris Weber. Chris Weber. Chris Weber. Yeah. So, um,. Uh, yeah, very. Uh, I'm really glad he's a great. Uh, he was a great player for one. Um, one for the Heat, as far as the end, as far as being kind of like a player slash coach, um, uh, with some stability there. Then he became an official assistant coach for the Heat all this time. And then um, I don't. There were some NBA jobs he was going for, but then um, Michigan came calling, and he went back home. So. Uh, well, that was a very nice thing to see him going back and feeling so strongly about being with the Wolverines. Yeah. Um, and hopefully he'll have better success than uh, a certain football coach over there. <laughs> Doesn't really want anything over there. So, and they might actually go back to the NFL. <laughs> okay. So, um, the other teams, uh, just click, uh, quickly rattling it off. Um, Michigan, this is their seventh College World Series appearance. Um, they've won twice in 53 and 62. Texas Tech, this is their third appearance. Um, their highest finish is 20, it was, it was fifth in 2016 and 2018. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Auburn, this is their fourth appearance and their highest rank was fourth in 1967. Louisville, this is their fourth. They've placed in fifth twice in 2007 and 2017. Mississippi State, this is their tenth. They placed second back in 2013, losing to UCLA, uh, who was eliminated shockingly by... They were the number one overall seed this year. They were eliminated by Michigan. Um, And then Vanderbilt, this is their third appearance... And they've they were the champions back in 2014. Very SEC heavy. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, do you want to get to the fun college stuff? Oh, Not that college baseball isn't fun. Yeah, but it's uh, but yeah, that's that's the rundown, and it's of course it's going to be this this uh, starting this weekend, yep. um, June 15th on Saturday, with the opening game. Uh, Saturday and Sunday with the opening games, and if and ESPN has all the games covered. From, uh, from start to finish, and uh, we get to the final game. If there is a game three, it'll be on at the end of the month on June 26th on Wednesday. So that's I'm it. I look forward to it. I, I love watching the College World Series every year. Um, I, I still have EA Sports really their first mm. college baseball game back in 2006 because they lost the MLB license. Okay. All right. I love that game. Very fun. <laughs> That's it. So, the other, that is, who is that? That's Auburn. Um, now on to Fulmer Cup? Yes. Let's do the Fulmer Cup. And we are not the official podcast slash show for the Fulmer Cup. Disclaimer that we always do as always. Right. So, 
things were very busy over the past uh, two weeks or uh, past two weeks. Yeah, because even then, like the memorial after Memorial Day, we did a show, but there was nothing that happened. Everybody had a good time, right? And apparently, people were having a really good time after that, <laughs> according to yeah. you. So lay it on me. All right. Uh, and one of these, I can't remember which, um, they were just brought in now after an event in March, uh, but still valid. Forget which one it is. So, and he weren't on the Air Force fullback that got booted off the team. I'm not sure. Um, I just heard about it today for the first time. I'm sure we're going to look into it a bit deeper. Yikes. Um, booted off the team, and I'm sure, I'm sure that will affect him as far as his uh, Air Forceiness is yeah. concerned as well. If that is even a word, I think it was something of an honor violation, honor code violation. Oh, okay. Um, so it's already affecting his air forceiness. Right. I, I don't know. I haven't looked into it that much. I just heard it in passing. Um, I mean, that's not really an arrest if it's an honor code thing, right? No, but um, so I guess it wouldn't count. Yeah. But again, I haven't read much into it. Okay. Um, first up was Nebraska running back Maurice Washington was arrested for possession of drug paraphernalia. Okay. That's, I guess, par for the course, I would say, for a lot of football players. <laughs> now, it wasn't anything serious. It was just residue of marijuana in a pipe. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So nothing. That's what I was thinking. I was. I, that's where I immediately went to. Um, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, I know people, some people disagree, but... I, I think it's pretty standard knowledge that marijuana is nowhere anywhere close in the class of cocaine right. meth or whatever. And as the years will go on, we'll see. And as more states start legalizing and right. maybe we'll finally get it at a federal level of some sort. Right. You know, but uh, we're not a stoner podcast if anyone wants to know that as well. You know, right. I have no opinions on either side either right. way, to be honest. Now, here's the fun one. Arizona, uh, sorry, Texas A&M defensive back Derek Tucker was charged with assault. Okay, so assault, was serious, he, I would say. He got into a fight. Now, you're, you're, you're pausing between each thing, so it, it, who he fought is probably what's funny about this, right? He fought Not like a mascot who, or a clown or something like that. Not who he fought. Although that would be great, but it was what the fight was about. Oh, okay. All right. They got into, he and the guy got into an argument over tacos. It might have been whether hard shells or soft shells are better than the other one, you know? Maybe they, maybe, maybe he heard our last show in which I, I, I expounded the virtues of the hard shell over the soft shell after thinking about it in, in, in great detail. And he was like, you know what? Francisco's right. And the other guy was like, no, I actually believe that soft shells are better because I am a soft person. That would be fantastic. And I called the hard shell the Damian Lillard of tacos <laughs> and soft shells as the Russell Westbrooks of tacos. You know? Man, that would be funny if that was indeed the, the, uh, the, the argument. <laughs> um, so next up, is UTEP. No, oh, but no, before we can move on, that's all the details as far as it was over tacos and no other details whatsoever. 
I'm not sure. I mean, like, did the guy take his taco, or did the guy spit on his taco, or did the guy like spill his taco? Si, or did the guy like? You know, he was asking for the mild sauce, and the guy kind of tricked them and put the spicy in there, and he was like, ah! Oh, and funny enough, um, the SI article, which is, the headline is, Texas A&M defensive back reportedly arrested over taco drama. Um, <laughs> drama. I'd like, the uh, writer is Kedrice, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, Kedrice Rollins, um, said, I'd like to think or hard shell or soft shell. I'd like to think that is what started this beef. Involving... Is that what he said? Yes. yes. <laughs> involving Texas A&M defensive back Derek Tucker. Um... Exactly. It is a reasonable debate. <laughs> now, it was at a Taco Bell? Uh, it doesn't say where. Oh, okay. Um, but apparently they had a, quote, disagreement over tacos. When they got into a mutual altercation. <laughs> a mutual <laughs> altercation. So I um, guess kind of like hockey fights. They both dropped their gloves right. or maybe dropped their tacos and, <laughs> and proceeded to fight. The fight began after the two started arguing over tacos. Um, uh, yeah, not, I, I really hope someone does a follow-up. I'm not – I don't see anything about what I hope there's like about. a text – a taco gate. You <laughs> taco <know>? gate. <laughs> like it goes all the way to the top. Like like they, they they find some sort of huge NCAA scandal going going on at the um, – was it Texas A&M? Uh, Tam you, yeah, Texas A&M. Okay, so Jimbo Fisher, huh? Yep. Yeah, I think Seminoles fans would like that. If uh, Jimbo Fisher had a huge scandal going on it had something to do with tacos. Yeah. Like that was the catalyst of it. Talk about a serious <laughs> argument. Oh, gosh. Uh, next up is UTEP. Okay. Uh, oh, gosh. Good old El Paso. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're, you're... What kind of trouble can you get into El Paso, man? It's the nicest city in America. Well, quarterback Kai Loxley, he transferred in from somewhere. This year, like he's yeah, he trans- he's gonna play for them right. this year after transfer. Well, okay, knows? so so he's a he's a bad egg that came into El Paso yeah. to corrupt it. Then, sheesh. He was arrested on, depending on what terminology, either DUI or DWI. So he was drunk. Yeah. Okay. So he's um, under or within. He was under the influence of something. Right. Or, well, it was alcohol. Well, I think. Okay. Most likely then. It was most likely alcohol. Um, Possession of marijuana under two ounces. Okay. Um, unlawful carrying of a weapon. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is this is a direct quote from the statute. This is the actual name of the offense: terroristic threats. Whoa! Dang. Now, the second that everyone heard that, everyone thought, "Oh man, he threatened to blow something up." No, it's it's not that serious. Allegedly, he said that he had a handgun with a full magazine and he was going to empty it into a crowd. So his college football career is over. Supposedly, incident until proven guilty. That is but, true. So everything's uh, alleged for now. Right, but when it comes to Fulmer Cup, if you're arrested, you get the points. Doesn't matter what the adjudication is. Fulmer Cup. Yeah, <laughs> we don't care about it. innocent or guilty. Yeah, um, everything's not made up, and the points do matter. Sort yeah, of. <laughs> it's the opposite of whose line is it anyway? Right. 
Um, another fun fact, his father used to be the offensive coordinator at Alabama, and he is now the head coach at the universe at University of Maryland for the Terrapins. Oh, okay. I made a joke that they are the terror pins now. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, he's a bad egg that came he's into El Paso egg. to corrupt it. We gotta kick him out. So it's gonna ruin up, my beautiful city. Yeah. Next up, another Nebraska player. Nebraska's had a good streak going. I mean, they're not winning in actual football, <laughs> so might as well win this, right? Right. Um, wide receiver Wandale Robinson. Should have never left UCF, dude. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, UCF, uh, just objectively, they're a very low penalized team. Um we don't get that many offenses, and when they are, they're usually pretty low. It's Disney World. What are you going to get arrested for? <laughs> you don't want to go to Disney jail. Right. Um, <laughs> t- Disney, Dale, uh, Disney jail is listening to It's a Small World on repeat nonstop for hours. It's playing Kingdom Hearts 3 nonstop for hours. Apparently, it Allegedly. was a very dis. Well, to many people, it was a, di- a disappointing experience after so I many years. It. I don't play it either. I think Charles has. I think he's enjoying it, though. I still need to play Kingdom Hearts 1, though. I, yeah, I, I haven't played any. Well, I didn't have a PS2. I didn't right. have one. I started playing it at my friend's house back when it was first released, back in 2001 or so. Yeah, um, back then, I like I really wanted it. Uh, I, I owned a GameCube, so, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd like to finish it up. Um, speaking of games, by the way, everyone is very excited about the introduction of the two new, well, three sort of, uh, characters of Smash. You've got... Uh, well, we've got the hero from Dragon Quest. Right. Uh, then, which I, I never played a Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior game. Mm-hmm. And then Banjo-Kazooie. Yes, that was what people went insane right. for. I, I didn't play, I didn't own Banjo-Kazooie when I had it. Um, an N64, but of course everybody's played it at some point mm-hmm. who owned an N64, and um, yeah, the I mean, people, if, look on YouTube for some of the reactions. Yeah, hilarious. go on Twitter, especially from the official Nintendo store in New York City. Mm-hmm. They went absolutely <laughs> insane. Wow. Um, and Nintendo kind of sort of did a bait and switch. They pulled out the Duck Hunt, Dog and Duck. Yeah. And it's the second time they've done it mm-hmm. with uh, this type of trailer. Um, they did it with King K rule, uh, how this one, and now this one, which was great. And it's, it's actually really significant because he's actually the property of a competitor in a sense with a competing console, Microsoft. So just some backstory back in the nineties, there was a company, a British company called rare. And it's still a company, but technically mm, a company. They're a shell of their old self. Not like they used to be. They were legendary. They were legendary. Um, the I played one game from them on the SNES, Super Nintendo. It was Ken Griffey Jr.'s Winning Run. That was a fun game. <laughs> um, but they've produced many others. Yeah, um, so, the Donkey Kong Country series, Banjo, Oh, I Kazooie. did play Donkey Kong. That's yeah. right. Um, Banjo Kazooie, uh, Jeff Force Gemini, Perfect Dark, GoldenEye. They developed that. I played so many other games um, that I totally I forgot. I think, um, I mean,. Ever since they got sold to Microsoft, they haven't uh, really had many hits. Right. I think the the last thing, like really original thing was like Viva Pinata or whatever that was that series, and then they've been making Connect games. And, right. You know, um, they're making Battletoads again, which is 
different. <laughs> so anyway, uh, like you said, um, we're going off into a different rabbit hole for a second. Yeah, huge so, tangents. We love it. Yeah. I mean, we got to talk about Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> Other than you know, freaking the Cornhuskers. They, even though they're freaking, people love the Cornhuskers over there because. As a, anyone will tell you, there's yeah. nothing to do in Nebraska in Lincoln except for UNL. I think what was it? I think when they're playing their their games, their home games there. It's, I think, uh, the second or third largest city in, in the Nebraska. state. Yeah, at that point. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. I think the only ones larger are Lincoln itself and uh, Omaha. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, so any so, more? Uh, Arrests? Right. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, oh, and just a side note. Someone figured out that there was a kind of an Easter egg when it came to the announcement message. For Banjo Kazooie, because it says Banjo Kazooie are ready, are raring to go. Yeah, and this is someone, rare, rare. So yeah, raring. Caught that I was like, ah, funny. And it was funny. Also, the um the composer of the music for the N sixty four games, uh, Grant Kirkhope, and he actually did Donkey Kong games as well. Um, like people were asking him before E three happened, like, hey, you know, do you know anything about a new Banjo or him and Smash Brothers or all this other stuff? And he's like. And he's like, he's like, don't hold your breath for Banjo and Smash because, you know, he's owned by Microsoft, another company, a competitor. Mm-hmm. Well, not another company, but another competitor. Right. Um, and all that stuff. And then, like, the announcement happens. And then his Twitter account, he has, like, himself in front of his computer. And he turns around with, like, a, a Banjo-Kazooie plush toy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Banjo-Kazooie, we're home. Because <laughs> they used to be owned by Nintendo. Right. And so um, people were like, you got us. And he's like, yeah. You know, he couldn't disclose that no, he was doing it. Not. But he's doing the music for the Smash um, um, game right now. So it's all it all came full circle finally for, for, and it's great. for Banjo. Yeah, and, excited. Yeah. Um, all right. Going back to arrests. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, another UTEP player. Okay, is he a transfer? Or is this actually like a guy that was on the team? Uh, I don't know. If that's the case, then it's if if it's the other thing and it's a transfer, then we all know it's just bad eggs who just want to, you know, who hear about El Paso being such a great place and they're like, yeah, I'm gonna go there, but they, you know, um, can't shake off their their demons. No, he came straight from high school. Oh no. Um, his name is. Gonna have to kick him off the team then. Maybe. And out of the, and out, no, not just off the team, out of the city. Okay, take take that crap to Houston or whatever. It's kind of I don't want to say it's a running gag because uh, Francisco truly believes that El Paso is the greatest city in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tiano Tia Lavea, uh, defensive lineman, in the same incident involving Kai Lock. In a in a in a name contest with Tua Tagovailoa right now. <laughs> It's, I love some of the names in college in college sports. They're really out there, um, but it just goes to show the diversity of college sports. It's basically the uh, the key and peel segment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so same incident as what got Kai Loxley arrested. Um, less serious though, it was just disorderly conduct and public intoxication. Okay. 
All right. And then we'll wrap it up with Appalachian State wide receiver Corey Sutton uh, arrested, or was it cited? Uh, marijuana possession. Okay. So, all in all, stuff that, I guess, par for the course for any college football team. More or less. I mean. Except for the taco thing. Except for the taco thing. That's brilliant. I love it. Alrighty, so that's that's that for 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 our Fulmer Cup segment. We've actually covered quite a lot today. Yeah, no, no, we're we're we're. Uh, I actually wanted to specifically do this show, doing more of our other segments. That's why yeah. I don't want to talk about the Raptors right now right. because everybody's talking about them. Mm-hmm. That's for normies. <laughs> okay, all right. This is this is the four chan. Oh, okay, no, no, we're not the four chan no, of no, sports no, talk shows. <laughs> Although the uh, although the tales from uh, mm-hmm. tales from four chan series is really fun from yeah uh, Brendan Daniel yeah even though he doesn't do them very often right it's actually a, a real treat when he actually does do it and he hasn't done one in like months so hopefully he does I, a new one I briefly I I made a promise to our friend Freddie um he has something called Fred Rank oh uh, yes of course yeah and I remember his uh, he was. Probably one of the few people that did an in-depth look at the AAF when it was still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. Okay. Um, he has created Fred Rank for the CFL season. That's right. I think it, it's it's opening today, right? Uh, or tomorrow. Or this me, weekend. He told me when it was opening. Yeah, the CFL is um, opening. Um, uh, tomorrow. Okay, um, it is tomorrow. Yeah. It's, it's the... Hamilton? Hamilton Rough Riders yeah. and... Mm-hmm. No, 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 sorry. Bulldogs. No, uh, no not the, the Tiger Cats. No, right? It's the... Crap, no, the Bulldogs are the freaking AHL team. Uh, it's the Saskatchewan Rough, Rough Riders, Riders and right. the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Ti- yeah, okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, so they start today. He's introduced... Um, I'll actually shoot the link over to you. Um, he has a blog spot about all this. Um, but he just wanted me to briefly discuss the uh, the upcoming CFL season as well as go over his rankings. Sending that over to you right now. Um, well, I gosh, I don't have Facebook open, so I don't oh. think I'll I'll be able to. Well, actually, let me. Can I search for it? Is it searchable? Uh, is it a WordPress account or? Well, if you look at what is it? fredrank.blogspot.com Yay, that's what I will search It'll be for. the first thing coming up. Spot.com Yay. Um, oh. <laughs> there it is. Uh, Jeopardy Sports last night posted, This poor unfortunate city saw their sports teams only win two titles in a calendar year. Pray for them. <laughs> Boston, what is Boston? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. And that guy in Jeopardy finally lost too. I know. Uh, what a streak, though. Uh, long, uh, I think it was he came close to earning the most money, right? Right. Pretty close. Yeah, I think it was a Ken Jennings was the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. But he got it. Uh, Holsauer, I think James Holsauer, he got it in less than half. Uh, Adios, Mikey. Oh, see you, Mikey. Enjoy the game and go Raptors. Fred rank, best rank. Peace out, Mikey. Enjoy. All right. So uh, I see the uh, um, the Fred rank here for the uh, the Canadian Football League. Correctamundo. So, so let's click that. The 
I talked to him a little bit last night about it. Um, the average team, he starts, the average is 20 points. Um, and then everything from there. So the most average team is the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Okay, so they're right in the middle. Right. So they could win or they could lose. Exactly. Um, the best team are the Calgary Stampeders, and the worst are the Montreal Alouettes. Aren't they the defending champions? The Stampeders? Yeah. Could be. I think they are, as far as I remember. Um, uh, let's see. CFL. Oh, game is going on right now. Saskatchewan is up 13-10. to 10. With 12.50 left in the third quarter. So today is the opener? Yep. Okay. Well, he said tomorrow, yesterday. <laughs> oh, never mind. So it is today. <laughs> uh, most recent champion were the Stampeders yeah, last year. That's, yeah, I remember. Yeah, Very I follow good. Canadian things. Good. I have actually a, a friend or two that are in the CFL. Oh, that's yeah. Really cool. Nice. Um, I made a couple of uh, friends on the football team when I was at UCF. Um, so his preseason rankings, he has the Stampeders the best, the Alouettes is the worst. Um, so another thing, he gives a three-point advantage for teams that are playing at home. Makes sense. So his projected standings, he thinks, uh, over in the East Division. So this is, this is his ranking as of now, and it could change over the course of the season. Right. So this is are his predictions for this the like he's not saying that Calgary will repeat no. from here. Um although uh so his he believes that the best record uh is going to go to he thinks the Calgary Stampeders will are going to go undefeated. Yeah, cuz he's saying Stampeders are projected to win all. So they're oh, they're going to go undefeated he says. Right. And then win their games and eventually the Grey Cup, which is, of course, the uh, the championship trophy for the CFL. Right. Um, so apparently it's never happened in the CFL that a team has gone undefeated. But his ranking says that they're favored in all games. Mm-hmm. So they could be the Miami Dolphins, 1972 Dolphins yes. of CFL. Um, and, then and then proceed to have... Forty more years of heartache. Yes. <laughs> uh, when and the, I'm hoping you, once again, once the NFL season starts, we'll have our our Dolphins are terrible segment. <laughs> I'm turning. Sure I'm sure we will. Um, and then he briefly concludes with the playoff bracket according to his standings. Um, he thinks the teams that are going to get in um are going to be the british the bc lions british columbia play out in vancouver yep uh the toronto argonauts who play in toronto yeah and they actually play in a smaller than regulation size cfl field do they because they share their their field. oh with the football with the soccer team yeah with the the toronto toronto uh, fc yeah, yeah, Toronto FC. They used to play out in the uh, Rogers Center with the Blue Jays. Right. But the Blue Jays kicked them out because they're going to renovate the whole place. Right. Um, then you've got the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Edmonton Eskimos. Um, those are kind of the play-in games, the play-in series or something. Um, I don't know their playoff format. He projects that... Um, Toronto is going to advance and play Hamilton in the. It's kind of like round. the NFLs, actually. 
Is it? Yeah, you have a wild card round, and then the top seeds have a have a bye week, and then they'll face off against whoever wins the wild card round, and then from there you'll have an actual championship. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. Um, let's see, over in the second bracket, you're gonna have he has Edmonton advancing to play Calgary. Um. Then both of those teams, the two one seeds, so it's going to be Hamilton and Calgary in the championship, and Fred Rank has Calgary repeating. So that so, would be so. According to all the statistics, all the projections, and and his his personal um, point system, it's looking like the Stampeders will be repeat or are most likely to repeat as champions, right? Barring but, any sort of serious injuries to players and or meteor striking the stadium. So you never know. It's it's the beginning of a long season. Um but I Fred Rank has really has it's a very stout system. Um you know, as Mikey said, Fred Rank is best rank. Um and it's true. It's Considering that, as far as I know, uh, he's not maybe, tied. Maybe we should bet on CFL games <laughs> based on this. <laughs> like, we'll have an inside edge on, on hey, everybody. Maybe we'll um, be like the guy not, from not St. Put, Louis. Not put in much money. Just put in like five bucks. Well, hey, look at the guy from St. Louis. He bet 400 on St. Louis. And <laughs> yeah. he made $100,000. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's um, so I'm excited about the CFL season. Um, you know, right now this is the only football going on, unless you count soccer, which I don't. Which you don't. Okay, but it's the yeah, it is the only North American football that's happening right now. Correct. Okay, and it's something that especially gamblers will look to because um, you just have baseball after the NBA finals concludes, maybe by the this weekend or maybe by tonight yeah. hopefully so go go raptors once again go raptors and uh by and and by the way kevin durant uh we're, I feel bad we're, very, we're very sorry we still hope you'll sponsor our show in the future <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying we love you we're actually real fans of you yeah um you know we, we think the media sucks and they've been treating you horribly um and uh and, you know yeah. i gotta give props to him for trying to come back yeah but that is that's just that's an unfortunate and I guess this will be our basketball talk for this as yeah. well because um, I guess so there was of course the big stink about how Raptors fans reacted once he got injured and that some people started cheering that's when that not happened cool. that's not cool it's not cool um, and of course there's there's people arguing on both sides um, uh, and by both sides not saying that you know you should cheer for a player to get injured um, but like, okay, I think Channing Crowder, um, uh, a radio ho- a radio host, former NFL and uh, college football player down here, mm-hmm. he was saying that you know we're making it too much of a big deal out of it because people had a natural reaction to a situation being fans, uh, especially given the stakes that were going on and that. As fans, we can actually tend to be selfish. And he's a former player, so he he sees it from a player perspective. So mm-hmm. he's kind of neutral in a sense. Um, but as a fan, he's like, we just saw 
you just saw the and he was doing fantastic in the game at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just saw basically one of the biggest reasons that you might not have won that night, and they didn't win. They screwed it up at the end. Um, go down, and now your team's chances of winning just shot through the roof a little bit uh, because of it. So uh, why should we con- condemn them for, for that? And um, I kind of agree with them with that because as a fan, I've – I've thought internally, especially, and I think a lot of fans won't admit this internally. They do think this, like, "Hey, that guy goes down. We just have a better shot of winning." Like, I think every hey, fan take him out. You know, hey, um, uh, let's say the uh, from a Miami Dolphins perspective, he actually mentioned it when because um, he was playing for the Dolphins when they won their division in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. The biggest reason why they won the division that season was because Tom Brady went went out for the whole season that year. Um, even though the Patriots still went 11 and 5 in that in that season, but the Dolphins I mean, who knows, the Patriots might have won every game again that year. Mm-hmm. Um, had Brady played. But because of that, Dolphins had a shot of making the playoffs and they did. And he thought when it happened, he's like, "Holy crap, we got action." We 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 have a shot of actually doing something this year. I think every fan has felt that at one point at an, one point or another. But as you hear all the time, it's one thing to think something; it's another thing to act on it. Right. And I I see where the fans are coming from because that's a a big blow to them. But you know, human decency. Human decency, man. I mean. To cheer uh, to cheer somebody's injury, it, you just got to hold that in. Right. I mean, to be fair, the Raptors fans, once they kind of realized the, the severity of the situation, started, like, changing no, their right. tone, you know. I mean, that that absolves them a bit. And they're um, Canadian. And they're Canadian. Come on now. <laughs> of course they're going to be polite about it afterwards. Um, Except for hockey. Canadians are pretty... A holes when it comes to hockey. <laughs> um, but I mean, they kind of absolved themselves a bit. They kind of, kind of made themselves look a bit better by actually cheering or applauding him as he went off. Uh, hopefully, 